I was talking to our very good friend, the prince in Dubai, and we had a long conversation about life and business and all kinds of things. It was a nice chat, nothing crazy. And I asked him about religion, being religious, having a religious and spiritual practice about prayer, because he was the first one in my friend group when we were like 17, 18 years old, all a bunch of dudes, all trying to make it in the world. We were all pretty agnostic, religiously not very religious. And he was the first one to go really committedly into religion and start praying and start going to the mache. And he's a Muslim and really start practicing religion and valuing spirituality and his religion really, really high. And when he started doing that, it was a bit of a bomb within our group. People did not know how to handle this. A, because he was kind of a crazy asshole, fun, charming douchebag. And so people were saying, well, how can this person that is acted in sinful ways in many, many areas of life now get into like being super religious as if religion is only for the saints? Like who would be into religion than like the one person on earth a decade? But it was sort of like some people got irritated, angry and annoyed. How dare he, who is an asshole, go to church and pray and get really religious. Exactly like seeing a friend of yours saying, I'm going to start going to Scientology meetings. And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? No, right? A bunch of friends responded really strongly to him being religious and everyone was talking trash about it. I know that I judged him harshly. I thought, what the fuck is he doing? I never was angry at him as far as I can tell. And I never challenged him on it like other people did. I was just thinking, this is kind of stupid. Like, why is he doing this? Close to my 40s, start making space for spirituality. My whole life, I thought I'm spiritual and I grew up very religious, but I never made space to explore spirituality to create space for it in my life, to give it a form, give it a practice. And now that I started exploring it, I thought about him. And so I brought it up and I asked him, hey, was there like a one moment that made you get into it this early, especially in a time where all we cared about was going out and partying every night and chasing girls. And he was the exact same way. He was the worst of all of us. Like during that time at that age, how did that happen? Was it a moment? Was it an event? What was it? And he couldn't bring up any event or thing. He said, I can't really tell you there was nothing that no aha moment no big moment but he started telling me about some of the scriptures that he read that really impacted him and some of the things that he mentioned I could completely relate to and some of the things that he mentioned to me I could not relate to but it was kind of a beautiful conversation eventually he started talking about the sense he has in prayer when he prays it's sort of this reverence and this recognition, how small a human life is and humanity in general, and how much bigger God is or the universe or whatever, and how all our lives, all our troubles are not even a flick of a moment of time, not even like a little blip in the sea of the universe and life. He used a really beautiful word. He's like, when I really get into, and I'm very, very deep in prayer, I'm completely empty and it's sort of a beautiful emptiness. I thought that was a remarkable way, a really powerful way to describe it, a beautiful emptiness. Then he started talking about our friends when he was younger and nobody supporting him and everybody challenging him or making fun of him for being religious. And he said, you know, all that didn't really bother me that much. And then I thought it was curious what he started talking about. He said, you know, what bothers me more sometimes with my friends is that still some of them till today have a very arrogant outlook into giving and charity 
and helping others. And they would go, well, I'm not going to help this guy. He has two hands to feed. He could get up on his bootstraps and live a better life. Why the fuck should I help him? He should help himself. And he said, I always hated that and was really angered by that because I thought giving and helping others, like who are you to try to judge if this person could have done more or less or what the meaning of all this is? Why don't you just help because you can? Not asking yourself if that person could or could not be different. You are not different. You're strong and you're wealthy and you have money in your pockets. Why don't you give since you can? Why don't you embody all that you could be, right? I remember last time when he was in Thailand and we were spending time together and we, you know, were walking along a street and they have like these organized syndicates here that are like bringing in kids to back, right? And then they're making money off that. And so he was giving money to those kids. Like I told him, hey, you know, you're basically like feeding an organized syndicate that's like kidnapping and hurting the kids. And he's like, maybe, but for me, I'm helping this kid that I see here on the street, right? You can debate and argue about this, but there's also powerful simplicity. Like this is a human being in front of you. You're here, they're here. This is now. You help them. You help them. And if that help doesn't work out, then that will play itself out the way it won't. Because if you overthink things, it's very hard to give anybody or anything. Like we were recently in a situation, Anthony, me and Tom, recently there was something that happened. We wanted to help. Anthony did all the research and work to figure out a venue to help in a very complicated situation. He presented us something that cost a good amount of money and there were still very many question marks. Will this really go into a good cause? Will this money really reach those people that want to help if it reaches them would it really help them or not like there's so many unknowns right so many things that we don't know and if you go down that path too little you're never careful or thoughtful you might do more harm than you do good in the world but if you go down that path too much you'll never do anything if you try to think it through till the end you'll never do anything because there's just too many potential risks too many things that you won't be able to analyze where you won't have the proper information and so you'll always be paralyzed to do nothing. I will not determine who I help or not based on some judgment system that I will never have the information on. Will this really help this person or not? Could this person help themselves or not? Is this person a good person or not? Is this a good cause or not? Is this organization going to handle my money? Maybe I should just ask myself, who do I want to be and what can I do? And if I can't help and I want to be a helpful person, I'll help right now and hope for the best. But, you know, don't use that as an excuse, which it can be to not do anything, to never attempt anything because you're like, well, you know that the money never goes to the right cause and helps the people. And you know, when you help somebody, you really protect them from helping themselves. And then you get to a, an attitude where you're like, you know, I should be as selfish as possible. That's the best thing for the whole world at all times, right? You get to that extreme end of the spectrum. Ayn Rand philosophies of the world where it's all just the more egotistical you are, the better for the whole world. And part of that is true. You have to take care of yourself before you want to take care of others. And being somewhat selfish and having self-interest is not a bad thing. But that extreme level of all there is is egotism and everything else stupidity is uh, also crazy. The flip side of it was much more challenging and interesting because so he gives me this speech about why you should give, why you should help and why it's important for him to give, to be very giving and to help and not overthink on the helping side. And then I challenged him and said, everything you say makes a lot of sense to me because he was telling me about how God will judge you if you're a giving person or not giving person. And then I said, you know, I would not be surprised if God in this context would also ask you, how well did you receive the help I sent? 
sent to you, right? When you were in trouble and I sent help, did you take it? You know, there's this story where a believer falls in the ocean about to drown and there's like a little boat that comes and he's like, no, I'm praying to God, God will save me. And then the little boat goes away and then a larger boat comes and is like, no, I'm praying to God, God will save me. It goes away and then something else comes along. It's like, no, I'm praying to God, God will save me. And then he drowns and goes to heaven and goes to God. God, I was believing you the entire time I was praying. Why didn't you come to save me? And he said, what do you mean? I sent you a boat. I sent you a larger boat. I sent you like seven different fucking things, right? And it's sort of that thing where it's, hey, when you were in trouble and I know him and I know that he's been in trouble many, many times and he never accepted any help from anybody. Like when you are in trouble and God sends you help, why don't you take it? Why don't you accept it? That's also important. It's important to help others. It's also important to allow others to help you. Because otherwise your helping is not truly an expression of love because if it was, you would accept it fully when it's expressed to you. It's an expression maybe of dominance, of power. It's an expression maybe of goodness, but still in control. When you accept help from others, it's also you being love, you being goodness, but the weaker part of it, the receiving part of it. And that can also take sometimes even more courage than the giving of help is the taking it when you need it. Again, we always go to the yin and yang, black and white, the flipping of ideas on its head. The thing that you feel the strongest of doing for others and for the world, if you flip it around, how much of that have you accepted for yourself? Whenever we are very heavy handed in one area, it usually points to that we don't accept anything on the reverse flow of that road. And that also points to something that also points to real work where you're giving X amount of dollars every year. If you add a zero to this, you're not 10 times more good. Maybe you just have to work on now receiving more help, getting better at saying yes to help when you're in trouble, when you need a helping hand from somebody else. And sometimes somebody might be in a position with very little effort to help you in a way that unlocks a lot of good, where if you try to achieve that yourself and you don't accept any help, can take a lot more time and effort to get to that point. Whenever you never get there, right? Maybe you never get there. Maybe you never get there and then you say, I was never lucky. I never got the opportunity. Look how hard I worked. If I work this hard and I struggle this much and I'm this strong and this smart, how come I never got there and other people get there much easier and faster? It must be because the world is unfair. It must be because I was not lucky. It must be something. And it's like, maybe you just didn't accept the blessings of the universe or God's help, right? And I think of my cousin now in Greece, who's like, gets close to his 50s and has nothing in the bank account, earns like a couple of hundred bucks a month. And he is surrounded. All his friends are financially more successful than him, have better careers, have wealth, have assets. He is very smart. He's a great friend. He's funny and he's charming. Everybody enjoys hanging around with him. But he's the only one that's broke from all these people that jumps from one crazy scheme to the next, from one short-term job to the next. It's just not getting out of that place. And one contributing factor, not the only one, but one contributing factor to all this is that because he is acting as an equal with these people, he is never willing or ready to approach them as an unequal and go, hey, I'm starting this new venture. You have so much experience and success in starting things. What should I be careful with? What mistakes should I avoid? How should I think about this? He never, ever asks anyone for advice because that would place him below these people. He never goes and asks for that type of help where they would be a teacher. Once in a while, he had 
to go and ask for a couple of thousand bucks because he got in debt or he needed it. And he went through hell and back a number of times before he would go and approach somebody and ask him for a little bit of money. But and even with me, he has asked me for money and I've given it to him. But that what I gave him was nothing like that was just a couple of thousand bucks. If he had me as his coach and advisor on the startup business side of things and asked the right questions and listened, it could be the, the difference that makes him successful or not. And I can already tell that he's going, of course, somebody that up until their 50s has made a lot of bad decisions, you know, keeps using the same train of thought and the same habits with these new ventures. And he's again going down the same road that he's gone down many, many times. He'll end up again somewhere where he's in trouble. He thinks, look at all the entrepreneurial things I do. I am smart. I'm not dumber than all these people. I'm not less capable than all these people. Why isn't it working? He is convinced. This is a conversation he's never had with me, probably because he knows that I would not accept it. But he had many times with my brothers that are also very close with our cousin. Many, many times he's tried to convince them. The only thing that has missed in his life was a little bit of luck. Other people get lucky. They're dumb. They're lazy. They are lucky and they're rich and successful. He is smart. He is capable. The only thing that has eluded him was luck in life. And you hold on to that belief as he does. And you hold on to your ego of never wanting to place yourself below others and go, I need your advice. I need your coaching. I need you to teach me. Not just we're hanging out, we're cool. But here in this area, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to place myself below you with bowed head. I'll say, please teach me. Please tell me. Please guide me. I'm clearly lost. I don't know how to walk this way. If you're not willing to ask that, he struggles his whole life maintaining the idea that there was nothing else he could have done while being surrounded by wealth and success. And it's just a hand away. Like all he has to do is reach out to a helping hand and they could teach him the ways of success and wealth. He doesn't. He's drowning on his own thinking there's no other way that this could play out. And when he finally fully drowned and dies, he'll go to heaven and go, why didn't you give me a little bit of luck. Everybody else was lucky. He's like, well, I surrounded you with rich and wealthy people and they all wanted to help you. Like how much more luck could I give you in life? You're healthy. I made you smart and I've had placed 20 people around you that are all successful. How much more luck do you need? You just didn't see these people as blessings and luck and their help is something you could easily reach to find wealth in your life. You thought, look at all these people being rich and wealthy and I'm struggling. I can't show it to them. I also need to get there. And all I need is uh, something needs to fall from the sky, an inflatable canoe or something has to follow me so that I can also be kind of on a nice boat with them. It's like, no, that's not how it happened. Even if I think about my own life, like some of the best things I've done was like seeking out and asking for and accepting help. And people that gave me the help, they are also so happy until now that they did that and how it panned out. Some of them I tried to pay back and the response mm. was always the same, like, no, don't pay it back, pay it forward. To me at the time, and even now when I look back at it, some, some of these things seem like almost miraculous, right? Where it's like, why? Why did they decide to <laughs> help me? But, you know, I've definitely also been in many times in situations where like, I didn't want to ask for help. I didn't want to accept help and all of these things, right? But the few times where I really did it and it had a huge impact and changed my life in very very significant ways. I remember talking to my mother about this syndrome of I love helping people, but I cannot accept help. I love praising people, but I can't accept 
praise. And then I told her, when you help somebody and the help was fully accepted and received and they were able to do something with it, how does that feel to you? She's like, of course, amazing. I said, well, why do you then reject giving anyone that amazing feeling back? You withhold that from others. They also want to feel amazing having helped you. And you go, no, I don't allow that. Food. This is still my favorite story. This was a turning point in me understanding what I did to my friends by never accepting anything from them. It was dinner with Sofian in New York. I was paying always for everything. I would never allow him to pay. And then he goes, this meal I will pay. And I go, no, are you crazy? And I would always have these jokes. Oh, when we go eat Hummer and champagne, you pay, I pay this. Or when we go to your place. Or then it's like, I always had something, some funny little remark to like shut people down. And I remember telling him, are you crazy? This is my town. You're in New York. You're my guest. Shut the fuck up. You're not paying for anything. Da, 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 da. And then he stopped me and he looked seriously at me and said, listen, you love and it's important to you to give and to be very gracious in how much you give to your friends. I appreciate that about you. I like that about you. You like your bank account of giving to always be up. I appreciate that. I understand that. I also want my bank account to be up. But when I'm with you, I'm always in debt. It's always in the red. And I don't like how that feels. And if you maintain your position, I will just stop hanging out with you. I will not be your guest anymore because I don't like how it feels. So please let me pay. And I went, okay. <laughs> like, oh shit. I never thought of, nobody ever told it to me that way. I never thought about it that way. And that was one important turning point of many, many, many where I had to learn and still have to learn to accept help and to fully receive the gift that God, the world, the universe, the people that that love me, the world has to offer, right? Fully receive, say yes to, fully accept the blessings, the gifts, the luck, the help that's out there instead of rejecting all of that, but then heavy handedly killing myself to give as much to the world as if that could ever fill the void that I create in people and myself by rejecting, by saying no to the very thing that I want to give every day into everybody. Like learning to accept the blessings that life offers you and not cherry pick the blessings and oh, no, God is going to save me and I expect God's hand to come from the fucking cloud and pull me up. So if it comes in a little boat with a bunch of people on it, I will not accept it because it's not God's help. It's like, how do you know what God help look like? Is it help? If yes, it's God's help. If it's helpful, it's the universe's help. If what you believe in, like my cousin doesn't believe in God or the universe or anything like that. So for him, he believes in luck. Like that is the blessing that the life has to offer is luck. So if you believe in luck, that being surrounded by wealthy people is your luck. Don't cherry pick what is God or not, what is the universe or not. Take it in any form it comes because in all forms, it is the thing you're seeking. Just any help is a higher version of help. You just have to accept it fully and then you're going to get blessing and blessed by it. But yeah, that is not always easy. Even, you know, it's not just about saying yes to somebody giving you something. It's about how much you open your heart and letting the thing in that comes with good intention into your life. Because some people will think about friends or people they know that are like very selfish, like, oh, that person always is happy for me to pay for dinner, never reaches into his fucking pocket, always accepts the blessing, right? That's not accepting a blessing because in the moment that when you are paying in this kind of a dynamic, when you pick to your wallet, you have resentment and anger and you're also ashamed. Maybe there's a bit of shame because you're like, I can't just sit here and look at the other person awkwardly and go, are you going to pay? So I'm going to pretend 
rent that I have to pay, although I really want the other person to fight it out with me, but the person isn't fighting it out, you're not blessing anybody because you pay. Because what you're really doing in that moment is saying, I want you to pay and I feel ashamed if we have a conversation about pay and you are selfishly thinking, let that fucker pay or you're not thinking about it at all and I get angry at it. That's what you're giving that person. You might be paying for the meal, but you're not really handing out any kind of blessing. It doesn't come from a place where they accept your blessing, your love. Their heart is not filled with anything. Maybe they're selfish, maybe they're lazy. They accept that you're paying for something, but it's not that kind of a blessing. It's not going to really fill them because that you're not giving freely, right? It's a totally different exchange. This is a whole subject on its own, like receiving help, asking for help, taking help. Remember, I would tell people in your career and work, I used to tell people when they joined, what's one of the biggest differences between the people that become very successful at our company and those that don't? There were a couple of factors. One key factor was how well do you know how to ask for help? The determining factor for your success. There are people that internalize all their problems, that hide when they have problems. They usually sink. And then there's people that vocalize, that speak out, that ping people and see everybody in the company as one team and part of the resource that will help and enable them to be successful and then give back to the company. These people that ask for help and know how to take it when it's offered to them, they do much, much better. And this is in general true in life. If you don't know how to ask for what you want, you're never going to get it. Nobody's going to know what you need and want and just offer it to you in the right words, in the right way that is acceptable to you. This is not how the world works, not how life works. And so even in your career, it doesn't matter if you work in a large company or if you're an entrepreneur, if you don't know how to ask for help and how to receive it when it's offered, life is going to be a huge struggle, much bigger struggle than it needs to be. We make life significantly harder than it needs to be when we reject the blessings that 